Pray with me. Lord, we know that we are not sheep without a shepherd, that you are our shepherd, and that you've given the Holy Spirit to be with us. So, Lord, now through your Holy Spirit, would you uh, come and, and teach us? Would you convict us? Would you cleanse us and consecrate us for the work that you've given us to do? Do it through your word because you're the almighty God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, I'm going to be preaching out of Romans 5. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, I'll be focusing on the first five verses of that. You're going to hear this phrase repeated uh, about big choices for small steps of faith. Big choices for small steps of faith. Sometimes we have to make choices that it's hard to make the choice even to do a small thing. But we're called to do that because we face problems and troubles, don't we? Anybody? Yes? Anybody face them? I'm in the right place. Good. We do. We face them. Uh, but but while, while the third verse tells us that we face them, the first two verses tell who faces these troubles. And we don't face troubles because we're far from God. Let's see what Paul is saying here to the Romans. First of all, he's basically making the point that faithful people face trials and suffering and troubles and problems. Uh, Faithful people who have been made right in God's sight face it. He says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, okay, by faith is meaning two things. One, there's the faith of what you believe. You have right theology. You have, you're thinking right about things. But two is the faith that you act out by, by doing things with faith, by doing things that God calls you to do, by acting as he wants you to act. Because faith or belief without action is dead. Right? It takes both of those, and both of those are what goes into making us right in God's sight. We don't get a pass just by what we think. We get a pass by what we think and how we follow up on it. By having faithful beliefs and by exercising faith, right? But we have to exercise it over and over. So, uh, so Dory was pointing out earlier, you can't just exercise once and say, oh, good, cross that off the list. I never have to do that again. We have to do it over and over. So we're justified by what we believe and by how we act it out. But even when we do, we have troubles and problems and sufferings. Two, people that have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us have troubles. We, have, we suffer even though we have peace with God. You can be at peace with God and have circumstances arise in your life that cause you trouble. Amen? Amen. Faithful people who stand in grace also have trouble with God. We stand in a place of privilege that we don't deserve. We have not earned it. We stand there. We don't have to chase after it. It's like Jesus has picked us up and plopped us down in this place where we get privilege that we just don't deserve. We get grace shown to us 
because he loves us and gives it to us. And yet, we can still have troubles and trials and sufferings. We have troubles and trials and sufferings even though we have confidence in and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. What? What does that mean? Well, think about it in these terms. Uh, Think about um, uh, uh, an athletic team. An athletic team, it doesn't matter what sport, but the championship team gets to stand on the stage and they get the rings and there's a party going on in their honor, right? The glory is coming to them, but it's not just coming to the star athletes. It's not just coming to the coaches who have thought through and put in the game plan. It's also coming to the ones that have worked behind the scenes. It's coming to the ones who are, are uh, making nutritious meals. They're the nutritionists. They're the, the manager that makes sure the luggage gets where it needs to go. It's coming to the ones who are taping the ankles and giving the cold compresses. The, they get to be on the stage and share in that glory that they did not earn themselves. They may, be, they may have done something that anybody could do, but they're on the team. And you know what? You and I are on the team. We're in his family. And there's coming a day when the Lord will be revealed in all of his glory. And guess who gets to be with him on the stage of the universe? We're in his family. And even though we haven't earned it, he's the one that's earned it. He shares it with us because we receive the benefits that he's earned. We share in his glory. We can look forward to that with joy and with confidence, and still we have troubles and trials and sufferings. Still we do. We have peace with God. We've been made right with God. We, we, we have been given grace by God. We have things that we're looking forward to because of God, and yet we can face trials and sufferings. But Paul moves on. He says, we can rejoice also, not just in what's coming, but you can rejoice when you run into a problem in the trial, and to which we go, hold on. Now, it doesn't make much sense that when we're facing trials that we can rejoice in that. We don't want to rejoice in that. It's a trial. Let's pull some stuff from our recent history of what's going on in our culture. Do you mean, Paul, that, that we can rejoice when we encounter racism? Paul, do you mean that we can rejoice when our jobs are maligned, our names are bashed, and people are hating on us? Do you mean that we can rejoice when we can't pay our bills because we've been in lockdown? Oh, Paul. (laughs) And and I think Paul would say, here's why you can rejoice. You can rejoice because if you can look through this lens at what's going on, then you're going to see that God is doing something in you, even in the midst of this trial, maybe even because of this trial, that's going to outweigh the trouble that you're facing. It's not because of the trial that you rejoice, but you rejoice in what the Lord is doing in you. Do you know when metal becomes malleable? Metal becomes malleable when it's heated up, when it's in the fire. And when we're in the fire, we can be shaped much more easily than when we're not at times. Sometimes it takes the fire to make those changes in us. And the trials and the troubles can be a bridge that gets us from where we have been to where God wants us to be. 
We know, Paul says, that these trials and problems help us to develop endurance. Now, he's not just talking about merely surviving and getting through it. Oh, thank goodness that's done with. He's talking about the people that are living like he's talking about in the first two verses. The, we, we have to be making the choices to actually live with right beliefs and right faithfulness for this to make sense. If we're not, all bets are off. Over and over, God had to, to deal with Israel and, and he would cause trials to come upon Israel. And if they didn't get it and change and come back to him, guess what? They would face another trial. But if they allowed that trial to mold them and make them and bring them back to the people that they were supposed to be, guess what? It was over. We have to allow these things to make us and mold us. We have to walk out faithfully what we say we believe because when we're in the middle of a trial it threatens to derail three things it will when you're in a trial it threatens to derail what you believe oh man god what's the deal are you overlooking me have you forgotten about me where are you are you the kind of god that i thought that you were do you even exist i don't know if you've been in a trial like that trials are where Things come along that tend to derail our faithful beliefs. Trials also tend to derail our faithful walking out of what we believe. Dang it, they've done it again. I can't believe they've done it again. I am not forgiving them this time. I'm going to get back at them this time. I'm going to get what's mine because nobody else has given it to me. I, I'm, I'm going to tear it down, I'm going to build it up, I'm going to... It's not only what you believe, it's what you do that gets attacked. And it generally happens, number three, it tries to derail your relationships. Now, we've been told that the the top two things, excuse me, that we need to keep in mind are our love for God and our love for our neighbor. And trials and tribulations want to derail how we rightly believe, how we rightly act, and they want to derail our relationship with God and with each other. And we will act in ways that can come, that, that can destroy or, or attack our relationships. And if that's happening, you need to pay attention because God wants you to believe rightly and act righteously in those. Uh Problems and trials can make us react in certain ways. There are things that, that come up in us. One is fear. We can be fearful. They can make us fearful. For instance, COVID it has made people fearful. I, they don't want to die. They don't want to go out. They're concerned. They're scared. And, and I get it. I, I know. But at some point, if you're acting out of fear and fear and worry, worry are what's controlling your life, you're in bondage. Uh, another thing, anger. 
when we're facing trials, when these things are happening, a lot of us will respond in anger. People attack us. They attack the ones that we love. They attack the ideals that we treasure. Uh, uh, our justice is not given to us. Uh, in examples from, from current life, many in the black community are angry. Many in the community at large are angry. Many in the law enforcement community are angry. Many Democrats are angry. Many Republicans are angry. Many Independents are angry and acting out of that anger because they're facing problems and trials. Problems and trials can make you short-tempered. Stress tends to eat away the margin that we have emotionally. We get closer and closer to the edge of falling off into things that we normally wouldn't do. Normally we'd be back farther from the edge, but stress eats that margin up. And we can say things and snap things or fall into depression or get sad or be jealous or hateful and vengeful because... Problems and trials, they can make you hopeless, depressed, disheartened. They can make you vengeful. I'm going to get them back. They should know better, and I'm going to take it out of them. Uh, Hateful, uh, jealous, and envy. They have it. They don't deserve it. I need it. Why don't I have it? Uh, Make you self-centered focused on the wrong things. Problems and trials bring up this stuff in us. And it is not good enough just to say, oh, you know what? Man, gosh, I was just stressed out. Oh, there's problems and trials that I'm facing. No, God is calling you to believe rightly and to act righteously in the middle of that trial because God wants to bring change. For instance, are you fearful when you're in a trial? Are you in a trial that's brought you fear? Over and over we're told in the scriptures, do not worry. For instance, Luke 12, 22, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about what you eat or about your body or what you will wear. Who of you can add a single hour to his life by worrying? And yet we can find ourselves worrying thinking on those things that put us in bondage to the fear. Now, I'm going to give you a secret. You can choose what you think about. You can. I want everybody in the room and online to think about a banana, a yellow banana, and and just picture a banana. Is there anybody who is not thinking about a banana? Because you chose not to? Because they chose not to. Two of them said, I'm not thinking about it because I chose not to. Because, guess what? You can choose what you think about. You can choose what is going to influence what you think about. You can choose what you watch on TV. You can choose what you read online. You can choose those things. We're told, well, this, it's, it's, in some ways, you have to make a big choice to choose what you're going to think about. It's a small step to take, but it can be a big choice to make that small step. And you have to make a big choice to take a small step to be faithful 
Does God want you fearful? No. Does he want you to act wisely and smart like in the middle of this COVID? Yes, be wise, be smart. That's why we have people, you know, sitting socially distanced, wearing masks, we're using sanitizer. Be smart. Don't be in fear. Make a big choice for a small step of faith. We're told in another place to the Philippians, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Choose to think about what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise because you have a choice on what you think about. And if you're fearful and worrying, you're thinking about the wrong things over and over and over. Break that. You have the choice. Act faithfully. Believe faithfully. Another example, uh, when people can get angry. Are you angry? You might be angry. There are a lot of people that are angry right now. I get it. We get angry. But like it says in Ephesians 4.26, in your anger, do not sin. Now, he's actually quoting a verse from Psalm, Psalm 4.4. says, in your anger, do not sin. And when you lie on your beds, search your hearts. And be silent. Selah. Think about it. Let it soak into you. When you're angry, figure out why. Where is it coming from? What is going on? When you're angry, figure that out. Uh, we're also told, James one nineteen. understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. If you see that you're starting to get angry, one of the best things that you can do is hush and just listen. Listen first and then be slow to speak. Be careful what you say. You know, you've heard it said, we have two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. Be careful about what you say. Are you going to say things that are going to stir it up and make it worse and come at them and hate on them because they didn't need to say that? They were in the wrong, and I know it. And Right? Because it's easy to do that. No, be quick to listen, slow to speak, be slow to get it angry. We're also told, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Resolve it. Resolve it. Figure it out. Um, Proverbs 9, 10, 11. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Have you ever had to overlook a wrong? All of us have. Overlook as many wrongs as you can instead of getting angry. There are some things that you have to act on. But act with thoughtfulness. Speak with thoughtfulness. Choose wisely what you do and say. Put yourself in other people's shoes. Are you getting angry? First Peter. Peter says, finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. It means walk together with them. Look at it from their perspective. I, you know, I believe this. Well, I believe the other. Okay. <clears throat> Calm, peace, breathe. 
all right, let me see if I can say, what are you, what are you saying in that? How can I come alongside you and understand? Well, they're a Christian too. They should be coming alongside me. Well, let God deal with them on that. You go alongside them. You sympathize with them. Look at it from their side. That's what the black community is asking the white community to do right now. Just come alongside. Look at this from our perspective. You're not wrong. All lives do matter. But wow, come alongside us. Look at it from our perspective. The law enforcement community is saying, hold on. We're not all bad. Come and look at this from our perspective. We're in a difficult place. We have to, to do things. And we don't. And there are bad people, but there are not many of them who are bad. Come look at it from our perspective. Sympathize with each other. You're commanded by God. Well, they're supposed to do it to me. Well, yeah, they are, but God will deal with them. You sympathize. You take that step. Make a big choice to take a small step that's faithful. Are you hopeless? Are you depressed? We're told, put your hope in God. Cast your cares on him. Call out to him. Are you, are you vengeful? Who does vengeance belong to? The Lord. Yeah. I don't like the fact that people have been rioting and tearing up businesses and destroying things that don't belong to them. They have no right to do it. But guess what? God, you know, we have a government that hopefully is going to be able to deal with things in in, in a peaceful way. God knows at some point people are going to have to face him. Vengeance is his. I don't have to go out and exact vengeance. I don't have to do that. Are you jealous? Are you envy? They have it. They don't deserve it. I wanted it. I've worked hard for it. Why don't I have it? Well, you're commanded. Don't envy. Don't. Think on other things. Be content with what you have. Look at what you have. Are you alive? You have enough because you're alive. You can worship the Lord. He'll provide for your needs. You don't have to be envy, envious. Uh, sometimes it really does get down to the simple things. Just take the next step as a faithful follower of Jesus. Just do the right thing. One more time. Breathe. Just breathe. And then guess what? You have to take another breath. And you have to take another one. When you exercise your faith, you can't just do it once and be done got to exercise it. You've got to keep choosing to believe the right things and acting in the right ways. Be faithful. You don't think you can do it one more day. Do it one more day. I can't do this again. Do it again. And then do it again. You don't think about forever. Think about this time. This time I'm going to do it. I'm going to act faithfully this time. I, I, it's a big choice. It's a hard choice to make. It gets frustrating i get it but make a big choice to take a small step and then if you have to make another big choice to take another small step do it repeat lather rinse repeat do it again it doesn't have to be an earth-shaking response it can be a small step but make a small faithful step in whatever trial you're facing because Endurance develops strength of character. When you keep on making those small steps of faith, eventually you 
are changed. Your character changes. You're not just somebody who's an angry, hot-tempered person who did the right thing this time. You become a patient, kind, wise person who can work it out. Your character will change over time. It takes time. It takes repetition. It takes perseverance. It takes endurance. It takes putting into practice the faith that we're called to walk out. It takes over and over making a big choice for a small step of faith. But you have this going for you. Here we are. It is the Pentecost season. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guess who lives within you if you're born again, if you've come to Jesus? The Holy Spirit lives within you. This describes who the Holy Spirit is. This describes who God is. God is loving. God is joyful. He's peaceful. He's patient. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's gentle. He controls himself. And he wants that to overflow on you, and he lives within you. But just because you have a garden in your backyard does not mean that you are getting vegetables and fruit out of it. What grows in a garden that you don't tend? Weeds. Weeds grow in a garden that you don't tend. You have to tend your garden. You have to make a big choice to take small steps of faith, to weed out what doesn't need to be there and to fertilize what does. To be faithful, especially when you're in a trial, when the problems have come upon you. But you have him within you, working within you, to assist you in doing it. It is not all on you, but it will not happen magically. It takes your effort. Endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. It is easier as you grow in the character and likeness of Jesus to recognize when he what he's doing in your life. It is easier. Have you ever looked back on your life at that hard time that you went through? You're like, where are you, God? And then, you know, you get to the end of you look back on it, you're like, oh, I didn't really, you were there. It's easier to recognize God's fingerprints when you look back. Let that be a reminder that he is with you as you're making these small steps. And make these small steps. Be faithful in your trials. Don't react. Choose to be faithful. Make a big choice for a small step of faith. It is his desire, not just that we're saved so we can go to heaven. It is his desire that we receive a salvation that transforms our lives. So that we're set free from those things that enslave us and hold us back and keep us from being the people he created us to be. We're we're supposed to be the people and our salvation comes when we become the people who reflect the glory of God, who walk it out as Jesus walks it out. When we share the character that his son has. It takes a big choice sometimes for a small step of faith. And then it'll take a big choice for another small step of faith. 
but walk it out faithfully in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's come before the Lord. Let's confess our faith in him because he's good in the words of the Apostles' Creed.